Back to Attack of the Queer Wolf. I'm Brennan. I'm Michael. I'm Nay. I'm Sam. Hey. Hello. Hey there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, everyone, I'm back. Um, Yay. They, Welcome. They tried to keep me down. But <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Surprise, bitch. But you thought you'd seen the last of me. Um, anyway, we're also joined by a very special guest this week. She is an SFX makeup creator, the winner of face off season nine we have nora hewitt in the building thanks so much for joining us thank you guys for having me i'm so fucking excited (laughs) (laughs) thanks for being here thank you for allowing me to schedule like schedule you like three months in advance because i wanted to lock it down no please this was i'm really glad you could make it um i don't want to talk anymore about this super secret super important thing that you're doing right now but you know stay tuned um i want to talk about i it. love secrets <laughs> but first we'll let's talk, talk secrets later yeah okay. let's talk about things that we have watched in the past well i guess two weeks for me but week for you guys because you guys are like boring and come here every week <laughs> like i just have a life you know who is this? Oh, she is bad. No, look. I am jet lagged from being in the same time zone. It's just a mess. When did you get back? Like four days ago. Okay. What's I your? Just, I'm ruined. My system is very delicate. What's your favorite part of Sacramento? Well, um, I went to Ryan's house. Yeah. Uh, that's Ryan Larson, um, editor-in-chief of Gassy Grinning. Jealous. Um, and then I went to his friend and a podcast co-host, B's house. That was also great. Um, and I didn't go anywhere else because it was over 103 degrees the oh, entire yeah. time I was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, gross. Um, but yeah, on actually on Monday, the episode of their podcast that we recorded is going to drop. I did cheat on you guys. We talked about the 1988 slasher movie, The Carpenter, starring Wings Hauser. <laughs> Which I haven't heard of that. I've oh yeah, never heard of that either. I, I brought it to them. It's very special, and everybody needs to watch it. It's on Amazon right now. So, um, yeah, and also I got to hang out with um, our friend from Australia, Aaron Dries, who is an author. He wrote House of Size, The Fallen Boys. You should read his stuff. It's tremendously fucked up. Awesome. Um, and just like all the best horror writers, he's the nicest person on the planet. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, what have, what have y'all been What have y'all been up to? What have you been watching? Friends, I have to take back a tea time. Oh, I, a retraction. I have a retraction. Yeah, <laughs> I I thought I misunderstood. You guys, remember when I talked about Bit and I said I was like the only human that didn't like it? Uh huh. Uh huh. I didn't know. No, you that- spoke to BJ. I did, and <laughs> um, I did, and BJ uh, and I talked a lot. Uh, I didn't realize that the lead actress was trans, and I didn't pick up on the part of the film that explicitly talked about it. Um, I do wish it had been a little more upfront about it, but knowing that does change my perception of the film. So retracting my, uh, my bad take on bit because I did not have all the pieces. Um, also watching trash. Speaking of trash, uh, don't watch secret obsession. That's all I'm going to say. I thought it was Disney channel, uh, boxing Helena. It's not just watch boxing Helena, but on is, your recommend, is that the hot, <laughs> is that the hot teacher movie? No, it's the guy that like, uh, the girl gets in a car accident and he's oh, it's Mike her. Vogel. Yeah. Mike Vogel. Yeah, yeah. Did and you um, yeah. Brenda Song. Brenda right? Song. Yeah. Okay. No, I saw the trailer for it and laughed, and then said, "Don't add to list." It looked like <laughs> you a said Hallmark that to your Netflix. <laughs> made for Netflix. Felt like a yeah, Hallmark damn. movie made for Netflix. 
But I actually watched something that Brennan probably an, acqu- an acquisition I recommended to me. What did you watch? Well, you didn't really recommend it. Okay, so you just I'm mentioned immediately it. stopped being invested in this conversation. <laughs> Christian Mingle. Oh my God, the Lacey Chabert. When we were on uh-huh. Shockwaves, you brought yes. it up. So that's it, the fucking name of a movie. Yes, yep. isn't that the name of an, like an actual? Oh, it is. App? It's it's a, a branded content. Oh, basically. so was it like the christian mingle itself was actually involved in this movie yes oh my God. Uh, christian mingle is the fifth character <laughs> fucking hate um <laughs> the selling point for this movie uprox called it an unintentional parody of whiteness <laughs> that's Holy amazing shit. that's a great uh, sentence it's exactly what it is i have ne- i have never seen anything like this movie um talk about camp and that's one of the one of the less not good in ones on so oh I, absolutely not I yeah. just need to know, like, how There's do no you, way. guys, it, you can't make the, I mean, it's so bad that how could they not know what they're doing? Well, maybe the actors do, but it, well, it reminds Christian me Christian Mingle didn't. Um, I'm looking at this what, movie. Right Tobolowski was in it, right? Oh, I don't know who that is. He's um, on One Ned Day at a Time. Yeah, he's in a bunch of shit. Groundhog Day. Yeah. He's, he's on One Day at a Time. Do you watch I, One Day at a Time? I don't. Oh, he's in Single White Female. Have you seen that? Yes. He's the creepy boss who hits on Bridget Fonda. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Um, so it's uh, <laughs> it's actually called Christian. It's Mingle, actually called that. Movie. But let me just tell you really quick what what it is for uh, people who don't know. Because I watch it for Christmas in July, my Christmas in July movie night. Because it does begin and end in Christmas, but there's no Christmas in the middle. It's oh my god, Corbin Burnson wrote it. <laughs> yeah, he he directs <laughs> and stars in it as well. <laughs> okay, sorry. What did he? Uh, what else has he written? He's an actor, for, yeah. like a big actor. In oh, the he, 80s. He, was he was in the movie. He was the guy like fixing his bike the whole time. Oh god, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was the dentist. He was the dentist. Oh, yeah. So there's like our the horror movie tie-in. Yeah. Dentist? Yes. Yeah. So basically... Which scares the shit out of me. It's about a woman who... Yeah. Um, she's successful in her... Uh, she's a successful businesswoman, but she doesn't have a husband, so she poses Lazy. as a Christian so that she can snatch a husband. It is such a bonkers concept. Just I'm just like, this has to be made. I know that it's not. I just want to believe that it's made by queer people like lampooning this life, but it's not. It, it was made by Corbin Burnson, oh. so no... Gang, this went to theaters. Which, how it many? Which thirty six thousand? It made twenty five thousand four hundred and eighty dollars, according to Wikipedia, and, and it was released all... in theaters on October tenth, twenty fourteen. That was all retroactive box office from me and Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm sure it probably plays a lot on Hallmark. It's got to. Uh, Thank you for putting that in my life, Brennan. You're welcome. Oh, it was released on VOD. I don't know why it has a box office, whatever. Anyway. No, they were trying to go for the Oscars, so they did like one week in LA, <laughs> one week one. in New York. Uh, nay, what do, what do we have? Uh, I watched a couple things. First was Pink Flamingos. Ooh, nice. Ooh, um, first time for repeat. Because Annie has a Girls Guts Jalo episode coming out tomorrow. Um, and so You're for y'all, it'll yes, already be yes, out yes. when you listen. Um, so that was amazing. I kept being like, what do my roommates think? Because I feel like everything I watch involves so much screaming. Is <laughs> <laughs> that the first time you've seen that? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. But it was, I just had it on very loud. Good. <laughs> I was like, um, the only way to fly, baby. You know? <laughs> so I watched that. And um, I also listened to Man in the Window, of course. <sighs> like the whole thing. That's oh, man. Good. It was amazing. It's so, so scary. good. It's Yes, it's disgusting. And also, it's just always so insulting to see how much white people can get away with. <laughs> like, especially, like, white men in these serial killer positions. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. And he's a cop. And he's a fucking cop. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that was good. That's good. Thank <laughs> I, you for that. Uh, oh, I guess Chris brought it up, huh? Yeah. But you and listened to it, too. How many <laughs> hours of sleep have you gotten since you finished? Oh, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. Okay, like, it doesn't. Good. 
Nothing affects my sleep. My, my sleep. My sleep. That, except, that's a superpower. Um, Oh, I mean, in terms of movies that I watch, everything else does. I'm like my own anxiety. <laughs> I is like what a good fucks my sleep up. Sleep up. I can't even fucking talk to. Anybody. <laughs> uh. Ooh. So, um, yeah, no, I, I trust me. Plenty of sleep. I got. Okay, <laughs> so, what do you got, Michael? Well, two things. Which I the one I wasn't even going to talk about, but since you brought up Lacey Chabert, I watched Mean Girls again this Aww. week. Nice. Yes. And Brian actually turned to me and he goes, why is she? And he was pointing to Lacey because my boyfriend does not know anybody's names. Like he knew Rachel McAdams and Lohan, but like didn't know who Amanda Seyfried was. Like he's just not one of those people that knows names and celebrities. Like he knows okay. their faces and stuff. That's me. I'm really bad at yeah. names. Yeah. Character names all day, all day. Regular names. Forget yeah. about it. Like I'll like. That's just an investment in the material. I appreciate Like, it. I'll talk about a, like, a big time celebrity and he'll be like, who? And he'll be like, wow, Barack Brian. Obama. <laughs> You're so cool, Brian. Wow. No, it's, it's like, oh, he I just know. has a horrible no. recall. Um, but he actually pointed to me, pointed to Lacey and goes, why is that one not doing anything? <laughs> right now. And it's true. She's really good in that movie. She she's is. She's actually like super like she doesn't get a good enough reception for that movie. She's really good in Mean Girls. Oh yeah. Like I get it. Like I agree. Regina George is the iconic character and Lindsay Lohan's Lindsay Lohan, especially at the time. But like Gretchen Wieners is like me. Oh. No, Gretchen so Wieners good. is Gretchen fucking Wieners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like I identify with no. Gretchen no Wieners more than anybody. Oh. And her She's, white gold hoops monologue. Uh, my god, which by the way she does reprise Caesar. white gold hoops. You're fucking and Christian Mingle. Oh yes. no. Yeah. Well, I want to die. If it's any comfort, um, I'm pretty sure there's an interview out there with her talking about why she chose to kind of make the like hallmark direction in her career, and that was a very conscious choice. And she's, okay. you know, building this beautiful nest egg for herself over at Hallmark. She's doing very well. Well, I mean, she's got party of five money, and yeah, she's, she's fine. fine. But it's she's just... got Black Christmas money. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Just surprised she didn't become like a bigger star. But um, I also saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Me too. Yeah, Ooh. so good. It was good. I, there's a lot of controversy with the movie and I honestly don't feel like getting into it because it's just to me, like I don't feel like sometimes the discourse happens and I just walk away and that's kind of how I feel with this. Sometimes movie. a movie is just a movie and let it be a fucking movie. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, QT has got a lot of issues. I'm not going to deny that. For but, sure. Yeah. For I sure. hear there's more feet per capita than any of the movies. Okay. So like I saw the movie on Sunday so like three days had gone by and I honestly thought a lot of the tweets and jokes about it were just jokes mm-hmm. like about how he does have a foot fetish. Holy shit. <laughs> the feet in this movie. It's insane how like prominent feet play into this movie. So like get a girl like <laughs> Ken. Um, no, I honestly I feel kind of empowered by directors who put their fetishes. Directly yeah, I mean, on the it's like cool because uh, you know, you know, I'm trained by like American culture to be like, why would you share that with everybody? <laughs> um, and I think it's interesting when people make that choice. Like, I don't know if I personally understand it, but I respect mm. just you know just laying it yeah, out there's there. There's nothing wrong with a little foot play. Oh, look, um, no right? judgment on the particular thing. I just yeah. always interesting oh, yeah, the way no, that like on. when people know something that you're interested in and you're like specifically working it into your art with other 
people being involved. Yeah. It's it's an interesting move. And I well, I think for him at this point, it's what, how else are you going to get what you want? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. There's part of me that I think he's like. I honestly think, especially in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think he's satirizing himself with the use of feet. I agree. I think he's making fun of himself mm. because it's become such a thing. Especially this one bit in the car where her feet are against the glass, and literally the camera's right outside. That's just that it had. He had to be like, "This is hilarious." Yeah, I'm doing this to make people laugh. It it definitely felt like there was too many instances for it to be just like his stylistic choice. It was uh, definitely like very, I felt like it was deliberate. It was meta. Yeah. It was <laughs> feet meta. Um, I can dig it. But I wanted to bring up once upon a time in Hollywood, just because I fucking love Margot Robbie. She was great. She's so great. And like the way she humanized Sharon Tate, it actually made me cry. Um, mm. And I don't want to give anything away if you haven't seen it, but I would recommend the movie just for her. Mm. If you want just like an amazing nuanced performance, she doesn't speak a lot. Um, I know for that, I know a critic asked him that at can like why she didn't speak and like actually like counted how many lines she had. Um, I honestly think the choice is awesome. It works really well with the character in the movie and it doesn't have anything to do with like the amount I, to me, it didn't have anything to do with the amount of lines by a female character. Stylistically, it made so much sense. I yeah I I am never gonna jump in the boat to defend Quentin Tarantino or any choice that he makes, but I I agree with you. Um, and so separating that conversation from this particular movie or this particular filmmaker, um, the idea of a role being as important as the number of lines is a very high school drama way to approach a role. I agree. Like yes. I think in Mad Max Fury Road. There are a lot of people who deserve Oscars in that movie who did not get them. Um, but I think Such Tom Hardy deserves an Oscar for that movie. And he barely spoke. Yeah, he does not talk in that movie. Uh-uh. And the ability to craft a character that, that has presence and history and personality without saying something is a real skill. And that's something that's really impressive. There's a scene with Margot Robbie where literally the camera is facing her. It's a little bit under her, so it's almost like an upshot. And just watching her face for like three minutes straight is a fucking pleasure because she does so much acting with her eyes and her smile. Those smirks were killing me. But that's why was, she didn't need a million and a half lines or drawn out Had dialogue. she spoken in that scene, it wouldn't have played. Yeah. I got goosebumps watching her act. And it had she spoke instead of just let herself visually show you what she was feeling, it wouldn't have been the same thing. So I recommend the movie purely for Margot Robbie. <laughs> fucking right. love her. I love her. And so you I can't can wait separate for- the art from the artist. Yes. Go see the movie. Agree. Great yeah, I'm not the first person to hop on the QT defense either, but I love her in it. And I can't wait for birds of prey just because of Margot Robbie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> give me another reason. <laughs> uh, female writer, female director. Okay, fine. You yeah. did it. Um, Nora, have you seen anything other than once upon a time in Hollywood? Yes. Uh, I watched a new French movie that's on Netflix. Girls with balls. Oh, I've heard yeah. about that. I, I watched the trailer. It. It Great funny. time. Really, really funny. Really As good. a volleyball coach, I was excited to see volleyball in a movie and a horror and movie. And it is a big part of the movie. Wait, did you say yeah. it's a horror movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it is? Oh, it's like I a comedy know. horror film. Like, yeah, comedy horror. Like, the best kind. It. <laughs> Those are my two favorite genres. <laughs> yeah, they're the only two genres. It's and the volleyball? Best. It and sounds volleyball. awesome. Yeah. It's like great. In the trailer, they literally are using, like, volleyballs and shit to, like, 
as Stop. weapons. Fight yeah. back. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I love volleyball. I don't love jokes about girls with balls. Yeah, that's true. It's more so just like, they're but a volleyball like, team. Like they, they got don't... a lot of volleyball. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, I don't know. It was a dude Try going, that. I'm clever. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, fuck off. I, <laughs> but maybe, I'm still going to watch it, but mm. yeah. I do wonder what the original French title was. And maybe if the pun True. is not supposed to be there, that would be something interesting to look up. The movie's also too. dubbed. <laughs> it's dubbed over in English, and then there's also English subtitles, but the dubbing and the subtitles in no way, shape, or form are saying the same thing. So Wonderful. that's fun. Wonderful. So you can really almost watch two you know, movies at the same time because there's different it. dialogue happening. It's fun. That sounds great. Again, translation is, is fun. It's I hate a, dubbing. Yes, agreed. Yeah, it's done really well in this movie to the point where I couldn't tell for a second that they were speaking in French and not English. Like it's it's a good. Oh, that's cool. If they they match the it's lip a, flaps. Yeah, it's it's good. High quality dubbing. Let's see if there's an alternate title somewhere. Let's hope there is, and we can call it that from in perpetuity. <laughs> um, okay, so two weeks ago when I was here, I promised that I would come back with the announcement of a brand new marathon that I was going to be starting up. And I'm here. It's happening. Um, you know, I love me a really obscure corner of the international horror market. And if you don't know, I'm into 80s slasher movies. I've not done my job. Um, so I was like, I want to trace this back a little bit. Um, obviously, there's the Italian Jallo films that came out in the 70s that fed into the American slasher boom of the 80s. But there is a German run of films from like 1959 to about 1968 called the Krimi films. Um, they are almost exclusively based on the works of British crime novelist Edgar Wallace. Um, and they're all <laughs> like really prim buttoned up, like British gangster movies, but with a very German flavor. And there's always someone just being hacked up, just kind of as just built into the narrative somewhere. It's these very early proto-slashers. And I was like, I want to, I want to play in this playground. <laughs> um, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to be delineating my marathon. Cause there's like 75 of these movies. Jeez. So I think right now how I'm going to limit myself is if I can't find it with subtitles or with dub, I'm just not going to watch it. Cause I am not as strong in German as I am in Spanish. Um, seems like a reasonable role. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that. We'll see. Cause I don't know. There's a bunch of them for really cheap on Amazon prime. So basically this is going to be tying in with a five part article series. I'm writing at alternateending.com also. So for those five movies, I'm starting off with just kind of this broad overview of the decade. And then for you guys, I'm going to be getting like really, like chronological really nitty-gritty and just diving in there um but i'd like to start with the movie that came out a year before psycho it's called der frosch mit der maske it means well i mean literally it's the frog with the mask but it's uh translated in english to fellowship of the frog um It was directed by Harold Reinel, and it stars Joachim Fuchsberger. Um, We'll be seeing a lot of him, so memorize that name. Um, Basically, this movie is about, like, this gang of criminals in, you know, like, 1930s London who are going around, you know, breaking into safes with welding tools and just kind of murdering a bunch of people with poison gas. Um, But the lead gangster guy it was wearing this gas mask that has these like bulging frog eyes that are really terrifying i actually brought a picture and i'm going to share it on the twitter when this episode comes out um 
but that by far is the most horror-y element because obviously these movies are a little more crime oriented but this mask is oh god out of control yeah that looks great it's creepy yeah no it's a it's a very interesting movie it's you know it's got some some 50s approaches to romance um in that the (laughs) the sexy female lead and the sexy male lead fall in love because they have to because they're there and they're straight and beautiful um (laughs) it's completely ignoring the fact that he broke into her house to look for clues and that's like kind of how they met for the first time meet cute um (laughs) yeah i I dated a guy like that come on uh, you dated a a robber (laughs) a cat burglar (laughs) Sam was fully living in the 50s. That's fair. That's your choice. Um, I will say this movie is populated by a lot of indistinguishable middle-aged white men to the point that when the final reveal of who the criminal leader was came about, I was like, I don't know who this person is. But I found it to be a really fun movie regardless. It's got some kind of like James Bondy elements. There's a henchman with throwing knives. There's a... It's not gory, but it's pretty intense for the time, like throat slitting with a little oh, bit of blood, it. which is not like what you're getting in the crime movies of this time. Mm-hmm. And there's a part where they're framing a guy for a murder and the, the frog character like rises. <laughs> he He's credited as, credited as the frog as himself. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he basically rises from this trap door like Nosferatu. And it's this weird kind of angular german approach to you know this prim british storytelling um to the point, i actually have a couple lines of dialogue i want to share as well um so they they walk in on this guy who has been killed by the trademark poison gas and the one guy's like what a horrible crime and on the sunday too <laughs> and the other guy's just like pull yourself together man you weren't murdered um you know so it's translated through 80 different languages and spit back out into English. It's very well, those exciting. Are two things people would actually say for real. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just very fun. Like the second anyone leaves someone alone in a scene, that person will always stare menacingly at the camera. Like you're always like f- playing that whodunit angle, even though I, again, I still don't know who done it. <laughs> but do they have a reveal at the end of who? Yeah, they do. But you, they do. Oh, I was you just like, didn't recognize them. Which old white guy yeah. are you? It's like watching <laughs> Saw Five all over again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm really excited for this marathon. I've actually, I already watched the one I'm going to share with you next week and I'm very excited. Like there's some crazy stuff going on in this whole marathon and it's going to be fun. We're going to meet some Klaus Kinski later on. Uh, he got to play. Um, I'm just scrolling through my notes really quick to see if I missed anything. Uh, no, I think I'm good. Uh, (laughs) but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I've decided to point my life for the next couple months. Okay. Just splash around in that you've got pond. a plan yeah that's great oh hi ken oh gives his are there really 75 <laughs> movies in that like yeah in that decade they were all this is a really prolific crime author from like the 20s and 30s and they adapted like all of his books and then a bunch of his son's books too so mm. they just really and they all ca- they're all interconnected or oh no okay they're all completely different uh, there are some that are like but this is your little theme. linked franchises but yeah it's just that kind of run of movies in the 60s in Germany that were kind of like Love it. bled into the slasher okay. movement. Um, yeah, catchy theme song to come. We'll work on it. There's not a lot of stuff that rhymes with German words, but we'll think about it. We'll figure it out. But the reason we're all gathered here today is we're talking about a very special movie to 
I'm just going to go ahead and assume pretty much everyone in the room's hearts. We're mm-hmm. doing Robert Rodriguez's The Faculty, written by Kevin Williamson. I that he directed it. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right yeah, after he- Desperado and... Uh, it was before Dust Till Dawn, but it was after Desperado, I think. That and the sounds yeah. right. Yeah. He made a lot of movies in the 90s. <laughs> I think it was like his third, third movie, I think. Yes, because yeah. he did... What was the first one he did? I can't. Oh, boy. I'm going to look it up. Please do. Um, But while you're doing that, here's a bit of the trailer. The students at Harrington High (laughs) have always suspected their teachers were from another planet. Is this going to be on the test? This is the test. This time, (laughs) they're right. Oh, Mariachi. Oh, yeah. Now, these six students won't just question authority. They'll have to destroy it. <laughs> the faculty. And date it. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean. So this was actually his sixth movie. What? Guy's he, so busy. I'm a liar. Don't listen to me. So he did El Mariachi, Road Racers, Desperado. I think he did a segment of Four Rooms. That's listed under his film. He did do one of the segments of and Four And then Rooms. From Dust Till Dawn came out in 96. So oh, yeah, that makes faculty. sense. Wrong all day. And some- then he did Spy Kids <laughs> after this. God. I that love his, his career so the much. Faculty with Spy Kids. He did all three Spy Kids were his next three movies. And he was only 29 when he directed The Faculty. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say this is his most accessible movie to like, cause it's so like, it, you know, it's gross, but it's still very teeny. But then I, f- I forgot he made Spy Kids. That's obviously more accessible. the he most. He did four Spy Kids movies. He did another one in 2011. I did that one too. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that, man. Um, but anyway, let's uh, start into shitty summaries, and then we'll kind of build the conversation from there. Does anyone there itching to share first? Sure. Okay. Uh, Harrington High, somehow still better than my high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine is just, I wish I was Clea Duvall. <laughs> oh. Don't we yeah. all? Yes. Like, seriously. Mm. Um, mine is uh, space aliens who are allergic to caffeine, target football players, <laughs> and women with bangs. <laughs> <laughs> Those bangs. Um, I'm really self-conscious about mine because I'm not good at uh, the shade, the art of shade. I haven't mastered it yet, but uh, I paced around my kitchen until I came up with this run-on sentence last night. So, um, a beautiful love letter to a simpler time and place where snorting anything was cool, your porn was still under your mattress, and... Everyone became the lamest version of themselves by the end of the movie. Oh, yes. that's perfect. Oh my gosh. That's great. <laughs> Look, I know it, it's hard to do this for a movie that you love so much, but that was beautiful. Thank and you. And it doesn't always have work. to like be no, shady, it, no, shady. it doesn't have to be yeah. mean. Like, look, mine Although is not mean. Some shade in there. Yo, oh, no. yeah. Lamest version of yourself. That's what happens. That's how. Ooh, hey, hey, Ken. <laughs> um, but that's how it's going to be. My mine is just when I heard there was going to be scat in this movie. This is not what I was expecting. <laughs> um, I mean, the faculty is like message at the end of the day is like heteronormativity saves the day mm-hmm. essentially conform conform yes that actually that fits into something i wanted to another shitty summary i wanted to share i submitted to oh, the right. attack of the queer wolf pack our facebook group our facebook group that everybody should join mm-hmm. um i asked for people shitty summaries of the faculty and said i read out my favorite one on the show perfect and this one's actually from kate who's gay mafia on twitter so just you know keep <laughs> on being awesome love it it's love Kate. Me too. She's oh my god, my birthday twin Kate. Yes. So glad we got to meet her at the live show. Yes. Yes. She's a dream, seriously. But yeah, but here's her shady summary. The two gayest kids in school attempt a het relationship with each other during an alien invasion. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that was so true. 
But that's how things kind of... It's high school. Had to be in <laughs> that time period of movies and also, you know, high school. That's generally how it is. But what is your reaction to that watching this now, though? Like, to that kind of quote-unquote happy ending? Like, how are we feeling about that specifically? And we're spoiling this movie, by the way. Clea Duvall in a purple cardigan is not a happy ending. No, it's, she <laughs> looks so out of place. <laughs> they missed one. She's still a fucking alien. Right? hundred percent was thinking, oh, wow, I, this is the twist, is that they never got rid of them. Well, I always just imagine that in my head, ten years later, Clea Duvall and Elijah Wood's characters are living together, and they're both dating someone of the same sex. Mm-hmm. Like she's dating a woman, he's dating a man because his character's gay. But he had me. boob magazine under his mattress. That's <laughs> yeah, not gay. So did I. Um, <laughs> Is that a real? That's boobs not a real are, magazine. Boobs are just right? cool. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Do you know how many gay men have that. grabbed my tits? Which, oh, God. for the which, first of all, like, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, girl, look at these titties. And I'm like, yeah, so I'm just saying, lots of people like Oh, yeah. Tits. Oh, no, I, I, I wasn't trying to say that, but... I was kind of making fun of the name, but is Boot Magazine a real thing? I don't know, but if it is, okay, because it, <laughs> it. it seems like my, my one of my favorite things is the fake names that production yes. designers come up for things. Oh, like, I love that, mm-hmm. I love that too. Any like fake movie, non copyright search uh, engine where it's like, find it quick, K W I K. Fake it's, movies are my favorite because they're always the worst. Like Seinfeld had one called Sack Lunch. Oh, yeah. And they had a poster, and it was a family in a sack. <laughs> like, a, like a brown paper bag. And Elaine wanted to see that movie, but her boyfriend wanted to see the English patient. English patient and she's like, but don't you want to see how they get in that sack? <laughs> <laughs> and she hated the English patient. I love mm. it. Okay, anyway. Well, I will say with Clea Duvall's Purple Cardigan, maybe they're setting up a sequel that is disturbing behavior. Because mm. isn't that Razor. the part of disturbing behavior? Razor. Listen, you're onto something. Mm-hmm. And it's purple. <laughs> like it's it's purple. like a soft it's, lavender. Yeah, it's, it's like, like she's happy now, so she can stop wearing black. Yeah, like black. lavender graduation. Mm-hmm. Lavender. Because yeah, <laughs> we're all in black. Yeah, Every I, single one of us are in black. Well, it isn't, it's, it's the it's same like tragic color. ending that Ali Sheedy gets at the end of The Breakfast Club. Yes. Where, very breakfast yeah, she puts club a bow in her hair yeah. and puts totally. on a dress. Yeah, suddenly she's acceptable and yeah. cool. Because she put makeup on. Yeah, because she took away all the things that were interesting about her. Like, mm-hmm. look, you know, she could have worked to get her dandruff under control. We can get some shampoo in there. But like, actually like she dandruff. used it for art. Yeah. Her dandruff <laughs> created snow for her picture. Yeah. No, yeah. It's a beautiful awesome. illustration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this ties into like what I think is the queerest line in the movie, but it's when um, the villain, uh, what's her name? Mary, Mary Beth, Mary Louise Beth. Hutchinson. Yes. <laughs> when she says oh, to Lana. her, um, <laughs> aren't you tired of being something you're not? I know I am. And I thought it's because she was, you know, she kept bouncing back and forth with her sexuality. And it is a really well-written part of the speech. And that's kind of her line of seduction. Like if you come with me, I will sort that out, <laughs> you know, or like whatever, you know, well, there's a way to look at the ending as, like almost like a satirization of the quote unquote, like normalcy of what you're supposed to do in America. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. You could look at it that way and like, be like, she was offering them actually like truth. Ah. And the corporation of, I don't want, not the corporation, but like the, like heteronormative society. Yeah. Like the way society dictates that you're supposed to live your life is what wins out at the end of the day. Oh my god! What if the aliens were good? I mean, they it were. Didn't seem Wait. that bad. Everyone was yeah. happier. Everyone was yeah. more confident in themselves. Like, was like, she being honest then when she said the thing about 
Like, because then if, if he really... Sorry, this is blowing my mind, Michael. Because I've been trying to figure this out for so long. I love this movie, but that ending it doesn't click with me. Yeah. But yeah, if she is offering, if she's being honest, aren't you tired of being somebody you're not? But then at the end, she is somebody she's not. And all of them are so obviously people they aren't. That's what's so jarring Everyone's about the ending. playing huh. apart. Then what if... So the aliens are there to actually help shit out? They're just like queer eye for the space guy i don't know or i i think we gotta listen to keith calder and watch out for toxic allies um i don't think the things that these aliens are promising are what they're gonna give us um i think those are two entirely separate things because i do not think that mary beth louise hutchinson is being honest with me about her intentions okay but i don't know i think that idea is something to think about because a lot of villains there is a grain of truth to what they offer to the world well there's an interesting way like She's offering acceptance, but acceptance is everyone essentially being the same. Yeah, exactly. But would that be it? Because they were all, like, still them. They True. were just this better, other version, better, not happier, better, but like less worries. It's full almost versions like, of themselves. like the aliens were, like, ego death, and then them, hmm. after becoming, like, infested with the parasite of the alien, like, could let go of, like, insecurities and... Driven by fear. Yeah, and, I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. But then at the end of the movie, everything's worse if you really look at it and still the same because they still ram some other kid into the flagpole. Right. So yeah, yeah. Like, and Josh we're like, we're supposed to be better. happy about that. Yeah, yeah like, everything's still the same and just a Everyone shitty. getting their ass whooped in this movie. And it made me think of how violent like, there was a young lot of men are. Yeah. I remember in high school, people were constantly assaulting everyone, like pulling people's and pants just, down, yeah. pushing people into lockers, running people into a flagpole. And just like... Spitting on... Spitting spitwat. Like, uh, what the fuck? When you look back at... at movies like this or just like any movie and you're like 20 years ago people were like okay with kids doing that at mm-hmm. school you know what i mean like essentially like, like yeah. yeah that was background dressing yeah like it's great it's like boys will be boys exactly mm-hmm. it's like but he's like killing his testicles or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't want to go too dark either, but what about that couple that's screaming oh at each God, other? Yeah, and like, they were using yes. such a... Like, yes. they were like the outside source that was used to show, I think, the time timeline of everything going yeah, on. Yeah, because like, one of them they're calmed literally down. beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, yeah this is an intense... Like, There's <laughs> a lot of levels to this movie. Yeah. No, I, I, I do Are think that's... The girls that get in a car accident, and the one pulls the other through the window, and just like beating the shit out of her? <laughs> she slams her on the hood. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing moment. Honestly. Like that is the one thing, those kind of aspects of the movie, like whatever they are, like they set like a different tone than a lot of the movies going on at this time. Yeah. You know, like it was very poppy, but in the, and it had a weird, in like a raw, sense honest of, way. Yeah. Like there was anger. Like there a weird, like- it was like a precursor for like the tone of cherry falls. I think that, I think this is where we're seeing Kevin Williamson and his like, I'm not gonna like his, his stuff is kind of like gleaming and poppy, and then you're seeing Robert Rodriguez, whose stuff mm-hmm. is can be pretty intense and heightened and brutal. And when they come together, it makes this really interesting yeah. flavor combination. Yeah, and you can taste both of their flavors. Oh yeah, you know what I mean while watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nibble. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I will say about like the kind of background dressing of the school. Um, I know Michael, your job is generally to recognize like weird things that extras are doing. Um, but I noticed one spill uh, really early on. A uh, Mr. Tate, one of the older uh, male teachers, you're talking is like about 
Yeah, the girl who walks past him is like, "Excuse me, Mr. Tate," and she like his, her hand touches his it's chest really and kind of like sensual oh, yeah. and then she like walks away. It's a weird moment. It is yeah, bumpy. So like ten. I don't know. I, I rewound that scene. I was like, I don't. What am I seeing? <laughs> what was the conversation before this? Was this a choice that she made? Was Robert Rodriguez like, let's let's see what happens if you do that? It was. I don't. That curious. was just to take yeah, the work. I it's that. so. Oh, go back. It's really. It's oh, kind it's of like. Cringy. It's yeah, like you're yeah. with your partner in a kitchen, and you're like going to the fridge, and you're like kind of. It's like a you're grazing that your their chest with your hand. You're like moving them <laughs> to kind of pass this. them without like pushing them. It's huh. kind of like guiding them, but it's fascinating. <laughs> I've never touched a teacher like that in my whole life, so no. it's very strange to watch. Anyway, I'm I'm so glad you noticed that too. So, did you notice that from like square one? When I know you were this younger? movie inside and out. Oh, I've been watching enough. this movie yes. for a very long time. Yeah, why what? did you? I'm pick just it? gonna. I ask just. That. Yeah, I just. Oh, why did I pick this movie? Yeah. yeah. When I started watching it and was remembering all of the things in it, I was like, oh, it makes sense that it's so good. she would like this movie. Dude, like, because I think so many of us, and you guys have talked about this so many times on the show, but. Uh, like crushes or admiration for people that it's not mm. so much that you have a sexual attraction to, but you're like, oh, I want to be Josh Hartnett in this movie, oh. like that car. <laughs> I wore two shirts mm. all through high school. Like layered my shirts because of him in this movie. Like I get his cowlick issues. An like I biologist <sighs> because of him in this movie. I'm shit at math, so I couldn't get into like chemistry classes in high school. But uh, yeah, he was he was the shit. I was like, I want that car. I want like I loved his character, but at the same time, like. Miss Duvall had my heart the entire yeah. film, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of girls that probably had my heart in that movie. Like, pretty much all of them. They're I mean, Famke. What's her name? Famke Janssen? Yeah. What's her uh, character's oh, name? Blanking. Miss something. Oh, Burke. Miss Burke. Miss Burke. Yeah. When yeah, she Ms. has Burke her, like, hot. yeah. When she has her transformation. When she goes off on him uh-huh. in the courtyard. Such yes. a great I'll stick my foot so far up your ass you'll be sucking my toes till graduation <laughs> <laughs> so great so really? the lines the lines oh, that are crossed in this dude, movie oh, the yeah. lines that are literally said in this movie are so amazing <laughs> um like and casey has some of the best like sassy snapback dialogue oh, yeah. when they're in the teacher's lounge you can be a pretty cool human being when you're not being a first class grade A bitch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also like so his, his character is that like shy retiring geeky character but he has a lot of confidence he has a lot of snap in his comebacks like he's definitely he's he is not a lacking wit. in self confidence sometimes yeah. when he delivers these lines I'm like well like when right? he, didn't yeah. he say something like excuse me I'm sorry I was, I was breathing, breathing here. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> 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 that quiet acerbic just just acid wit <laughs> very passive aggressive yeah oh That's yeah but also it. this movie is so deeply funny in so many different ways <laughs> um one of my favorite lines is when they're doing the budget meeting and they're oh, like the we want opening to- scenes great <laughs> oh yeah yeah um i wish we got into the kids a little sooner i think uh-huh. in the movie but i love all of it um, but no, in the budget meeting when they're talking about they want to put on the musical, was it, was it hair they wanted to They do? want to put on... Um, Guys and Dolls. Yeah, Guys and you dolls. use the sets yeah. from our town. Use the sets yeah. from our town. A, a play that's notable for having no sets. Um, that is a fun little like high school theater reference. I don't know. Just Kevin Williamson's really speaking the language of you high just school. Get some like good like dialogue that... You understand what they're saying, but if you get the joke, it's super funny yeah. at the same time. And I also love like the 
because <clears throat> the movie takes place in Ohio. And just like the slight references to like it being a football town, that's such mm-hmm. a true thing mm-hmm. in states like Ohio and Texas and Pennsylvania, yeah. where like that is above everything else. Mm-hmm. And like, <clears throat> even though they don't dig too deep into it, like the toxic masculinity that runs throughout the movie from the football team is like pretty ahead of its time in a lot of ways. But I love that opening scene. Also, there's something queer about a football, like the jock, the most popular guy in school, <coughs> wanting to give up his privilege. Like, he has a scene where he starts talking about how he wishes. And at first, I was like, oh, God, yeah, it's so hard being you. Like, <laughs> everybody wants to give you a better grade. And he's like, I want my D. And at first, I'm like, uh, this yeah, is you do. so obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a clip of that. We, we're going to listen to this He one. wants the D. <gasps> no, but he has a monologue about wanting the D. Sorry, Sam, you can keep going. Oh, no, with it's your, yeah, while you set it up. But oh, he, I was thinking about how, you know, the privilege that he has as a straight dude. And he's like, no, yeah, I don't want that. And there is something about him saying it and vocalizing it and actually stepping down. And then the coach accepting that. That was pretty queer to me. Huh. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, let's hear the and this monologue the is deeply queer. <laughs> on a biology test right after. And uh, Mr. Furlong changed it to an A. He said I deserved it for having such a strong arm. Mm-hmm. That really bugged me, you know. I worked hard for that D. That was my D. I deserved that D. <laughs> <laughs> the Marco Beltrami score behind that is just so great. <laughs> I just, I want that to be my ringtone. <laughs> um, I want that D. I deserve that D. Just on loops. Oh, yeah. I want that D. No, that's what I, I say to D. myself in the mirror every morning. <laughs> um, you know, just like pump up, whatever. Um, so, yeah. Keep going. Kiss <laughs> more about your morning ritual. Continue. Oh, no, I'm good. Um, but, yes. So, yeah, I mean, the characters all want something that isn't necessarily a queer thing that they want, but it is a subversion of the norms, which is, like, in and of itself, like, a queering of, like, the heteronormative social values. So. Well, like, Stokely knows all about football, which is, like, the last character you'd expect. Yes, that's about true. the dialogue they gave her. It's like, uh-huh. oh, it's a clear a gay man wrote this, because some of the shit she says referring to football, I laugh really hard at. <laughs> Thanks to you and your completed passes. No one would say that. <laughs> no one would say that. No one would say that. But. Especially when she was, like, too nervous to talk to him. Literally five seconds before that sentence came out of her mouth. It made zero sense. But oh. it's it's fun. And, like, what do we think... And I don't have an answer for this because I would love to hear what you all think. What do we think of her using lesbianism as a blanket? I actually also have that clip if we want to yes. yeah, listen and respond. Yeah, okay, hold on one sec. Here we go. Army Lab Partners. I didn't know you were a lesbian. I think I've ever met one before. <laughs> have you been out long? You know, I think it's very impressive and involved in not a lesbian, right? A true ally. Please, I'm not afraid. You were right about me. I, I don't have any friends, and I like it that way. Being a lesbian is just my security. Your security against what? People like you. <laughs> Mary Beth, right there. Again, feel free. She's the ally. Fly. Yeah, she's like, hey, you. She actually uses the word evolved. And guys, which yeah. leads me to believe that the aliens that from her planet are all like pan. Oh my God. Or poly. Like, well, you know what I mean? Look, like, I, look you, have she says evolved. Yeah. you have to be pan if everyone is you. <laughs> yeah. We have seen this trope of the lesbian as a security blanket before, though. We saw it in Carrie 2. Mm. Remember? Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Do that. right. So I'm wondering where in the. 
Was this, and we can't answer questions like this, but was there ever a point in the script where she just was a lesbian? Mm -hmm. And, or is this just how we can present a lesbian in that year? Because it's around the same time as Carrie too. I'm willing to Mm -hmm. bet that the answer is no, because this was actually a script that Dimension, who made this movie, The Weinsteins, had for years. Mm -hmm. They bought it in like 92. It was written by a team. And then with the success of Scream, they literally pulled this script from their archives and basically were like, Kevin, make this like one of your movies. Got it. Okay. So I'm betting no, because okay. I think it, ha- I think the movie came together pretty quickly. Mm. Um, and I know like a lot of what he, he basically changed the entire movie and I'm willing to bet he did it fairly quickly. I have a question then. I mean, for me, it reminds when I watch Carrie too, and when I watch the faculty in my memory, I always remember those characters as actually being lesbians. Same. And then I watch it and I'm always Mm -hmm. surprised that they aren't. Yeah. Do you guys feel that way? Yeah. Very wishful thinking. Yeah, I think it is. I think you, you especially with uh, Stokely. Stokely. I, uh, I've seen this movie a bunch and the, not the latest time, but like the, Watching it again as an adult for the first time in a while, I remember being thinking like, "Wait, wasn't she a lesbian?" Yeah, me too. Wasn't she? Le- wait, what? Wait, what? You know. Me too. And maybe you're right, Nora. Maybe it's just wishful thinking. I think we all just were like disappointed that it wasn't yeah, so, and giving people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels like a good example of modern queer coding. To I mean, me. Mary Beth Louise Hutch- Hutchinson is essentially just like be yourself. Oh yeah, be and, happy. Well, and that line at the end of that clip we played, where she's like, "Ooh, complex." That's sexually charged. Oh she's yeah, into her yeah her mysteries. Oh, and yeah. Mary Beth is like, I think that character is literally giving everyone the opportunity to come to this knowledge on their own before she has to resort to making it happen. Sure, she mm. started with the teachers because that's the way in. But I feel like she gave, and we only see her talk to our main characters, so who knows if she did this with everybody. But I feel like she gives the main characters a chance to, I don't want to say come to that decision, but come to the realization without being an alien. Yeah. I almost feel like she, in a way, chose that specific group of people because mm-hmm. I think the teachers kind of like inf- like infected everybody else. Mm-hmm. But I think she just recognized like, all right, He's got this like drug that's gonna kick my ass because like, I, I think she like sees like a transaction uh-huh. at some point ahead of time. Yeah. So I think she's like keyed up to like, all right, maybe like I gotta watch out for this guy. And then the whole everybody comes together in the science room, and uh, and I think in a way it was like very deliberate that she like chose that group because I think she knew at the end they could either like be with her or like totally destroy her. I think. Yeah. A good read. This reading is solving so many problems for me. <laughs> if I look at it like because seriously, like I was like my first shady summary actually had to do with Mary Beth just not uh, she hangs out with these people instead of killing them. She kills the teachers, but then she like meets her true adversaries and she's like, nah, let me spend a 90 minute movie with them <laughs> when she could have just offed them. And then it's not a problem or converted them uh, against their will. Like she did in the very opening, mm-hmm. but she doesn't. But thinking about it in terms of her giving them a choice, my God, Michael. Well, I think she genuinely like, especially Stokely. I think she genuinely likes Stokely. Yeah. Yeah. And, totally. Like was really yeah. hoping Stokely would be brave enough to complete her transition yeah, mm-hmm. on her own and not to say not maybe the word brave is wrong because it's not unbrave to be who you are and that kind of stuff. But I honestly think she really liked Stokely and was like, I want to give you the opportunity to come to this realization on your own. So I don't have to do it for you. You know, 
And I think you're right. I think she was a little sexually attracted to her as well. Oh, oh look, yeah. look, Clea Duvall has made a She's career hot. out of turning women in movies. Um, so I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, She's so sexy. Oh, my God. Look, mm-hmm. we were talking about handsome women. I feel like she is that yes. person. She's Very always handsome, got so... handsome woman in the face happening. And, and I don't know if it's from this movie, but I always think of her as having a smoky eye. <laughs> and that makes her so sexy to oh, me. Yeah. That smoky, like oh, God. Well, and identity deep. too. I think I love her. Identity. Yes, I love identity. When I worked at a video store, I made one. an entire uh, end cap devoted to her, <laughs> which is probably the gayest thing I could have done. But she's I was a lesbian love with her. identity as well. <laughs> she she's so good. Like she's so she's good. Such on a good Veep. actor. Mm-hmm. Like uh-huh. her deadpan is chef's kiss everywhere. Did it's you so ever beautiful. see? Um, Lizzie Borden, the Lifetime movie with her oh and Christina God. Ricci. Yes. What? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> She's great in that. That's she actually is. a very good movie. Amazing. It's That's so good. Pretty, they, tu- pretty great. they turned it into a series because the movie was so popular. They turned it into a six episode miniseries. Mm. Okay. Yeah, with Christina Ricci starring in that one as well, right? And I believe Clay Duvall was in it as well, too. Oh I never got around God. to watching it because it was after the Christina murders. Ricci. But watch the movie. It's pretty great. And I feel like she's coded as a lesbian in that, too. The most well, did you guys are. see the like the gay Lizzie movie? The one with Kristen no. Stewart? Yeah. I've not oh, seen yeah. it yet, but I've heard wonderful Her and, things. Uh, oh, yeah. Her finger Chloe banging Sevigny. in the barn. Oh, nice. It's awesome. Nice. Great. Chloe Sevigny? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Chloe she Sevigny. plays an amazing Lizzie Borton. Kristen Stewart's kind of like a giant vagina, pardon me, in the movie. She's like just super, like very mousy, of a, ah, and like just super, super lame, not strong woman, and Lizzie Borden's just like, all, all guns. No, and Clea Duvall, at least for a while, she was lesbian culture. Like she was, but I'm a cheerleader. What, yeah. Was she Another in Debs? Movie? Was that her no, in Debs? She no, she wasn't was, in Debs, but I love Debs. That was Jordana Brewster, wasn't Same. it? Yeah. Yes, okay. Also in the faculty, up. so connections. Oh, yeah. Um, I, sorry. I Clea Duvall is one of my favorite humans. What a fucking cast! Um, if you think about this movie, it oh, has yeah. the most free one. It's a J fourteen magazine exploded. On this <laughs> yes. like, it's so good. The most shocking part of the casting for me was that Clea Duvall was not related to Josh Hartnett. I, right. I thought they were well, the, they like, the same sister. Yes. 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 Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Nico yes. twins. Yes, no, I hear they should have so been. Much. They should have been twins. Yeah, yeah. Search's totally brother right. and sister, right? Like because he was a year older than everybody because he was a fifth year senior. I would have made um, missed so opportunity. Much missed opportunity. Sense. And Sean Hattesey is so good in the movie. Oh, the jock guy. Uh-huh. That's the one guy I didn't know specifically. Yeah, outside Providence is like love outside. Oh, such okay. a fucking good movie. Um, he's in a ton. He's like one of those dudes that's like in everything, but you can't name what he's in off the top of your like head. Guy with the face, he's like yeah, he's like guy. the uh, he's like the version of Missy Pyle. <gasps> mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> You're speaking my language. Yeah. I've translated it. <laughs> um, one thing I will say while we're like t- digging into these like Breakfast Club characters and then all the teachers, oh um, like we do <laughs> Piper Laurie. Oh my God, yeah, teachers. But like John Stewart, I want to yeah. talk a tiny bit about Casey specifically, Elijah okay. Wood. Let's get into um, it because you know we like him. He's smart. He's witty, but he also has a lot of pictures of Delilah on his bedroom mm-hmm. wall that 
creepy. I assume she did not want to be taken. They're I don't, very I don't think stalkery he photos. A waiver for those, um, <laughs> definitely a little incelish. Just yes. in the bedroom, not so much in his person outside of the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> he socialized just fine with everybody else. <laughs> but, uh, but, but fuck, are the pictures in the right next yeah. to the bed? Yeah. Just, like, yeah, just, near like, the porno under clearly the Clearly, spank yeah. bacon when, just out for your parents to see. When his when, dad even says, like, no more flogging the dolphin. <laughs> oh, my God. You know? I think it's a no more flogging the bishop. Bishop, yes. Oh, thank you. That's still the, great. That makes it actually oh, God, But he should have so... taken those photos off the wall. You take the porn, I guarantee that's not what he's jacking into yeah. every night. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, and look, we all struggle when it when we're coming to terms with like sexuality and our feelings and what it means and learning we have to learn all of those things but it's it's creepy that's a weird background choice um and it's a crack in the foundation of how much i liked that character well it's creepy but it like reminds you of like what it it was like to be an adolescent figuring out relationships and that is like what the 90s were because there you i guarantee you no one on that set paused and goes this is weird Mm-hmm. True. Like, uh, this true. shows like his devotion to her. I mean, it shows how much he cares cute. for her. Really exactly. And it's, her. <laughs> it's creepy, but also like we're a Facebook, Instagram generation. How many hours have I spent on my crush's Instagram looking at photos? This now, is granted, true. I didn't print them true. out and put them on the wall. And I know that's the line, but let's be real. Is he doing anything no, I haven't done? No, but the thing is, that person took that photo and gave it to you. It's, it's, I mean, not you specifically, but he gave it to the public. True, true. This is Delilah doesn't know these photos are being taken. No, these were like him hiding under the bleachers, her leaving the building. Yeah, and like him being like a photographer, the school photographer, like, I don't know, have pictures of trees. That's like abuse of power. You shouldn't have like, (laughs) I'm going to cherry pick these pictures from the yearbook of like pretty girls and put them on my wall. Because even if my theory is correct from 20 years ago, where like they thought that was endearing, it doesn't have any impact. Well, just at the time, it didn't have any impact on the story whatsoever. No, it's just background. You don't. Yeah, even, like, I now it makes you do what you're saying. Like it makes you go insane. Yeah. I just I want that scene of the first time she visits his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we've only been dating two days. Where did you get all these pictures? Yeah. <laughs> like I emailed your mom. You're kissing my Estee Lauder lips. Yeah. <laughs> Takes seventy two minutes to reply. So good. I had a crush on her when this movie came oh, out. Oh, you kidding me? Yeah. For sure. Like, okay, I know that lip line is a joke, but how long does it take to apply like really good lips? Does anybody know? You're a makeup artist. Do you I ever do, do lips for wrong people? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I make people look ugly. I have no I'm idea. Betty, not seventy-two minutes. I think, yeah, no. I think it's seventy-two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that would just, just be impractical. Like you... That's too long to do like this and not do anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, well, is it like how you have to brush your hair like a hundred times per strand or whatever? Is she just doing a circle one hundred times with her lip gloss, like, like lather rinse, repeat, seven hundred times, seven hundred and twenty-seven thousand <laughs> times? <it> up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um. Yeah. Or so I guess Michael, you want to talk about the teachers, right? Is there I mean, one yeah, in particular that stands out to you? I mean Sam had mentioned how like she kills the teachers, and I think that's an interesting choice that they like essentially kill BB Newworth in the beginning. But then she shows up later. So I was always kind of a little confused as to like what the rules of this movie are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I kind of wanted to just talk about that. Okay. Because then like John Stewart gets the thing in the eye. Right, mm-hmm. and then his fingers are cut off. But then Both he's in the, the end credits, and those are bandaged. Right, but like her BB New Earth, like getting stabbed mm. with scissors 
<clears throat> she has no scars later on when she shows up. So I'm just curious to know what the rules of this movie are. <laughs> I mean, they did stab her in the torso, so it was probably covered by wardrobe. But like with the coach, like his his scratch on his face was healed up like the next day. There was right. like a scar and there. But what's it was her face up. lost her head and was able to put it back on immediately. Yeah, that yeah. was some John Carpenter <laughs> shit. I don't oh yeah, know. it goes full the thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I think they can just kind of like vampires, like kind of yeah, regenerate, regenerate a little bit. But uh, she was. Dead well, as hell at the end of the movie. She did not come back in the end. Yeah, she was the only Very one that, dead. like, for sure, was she was like the only real casualty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then she like disintegrated. They poured all the and all the scat oh, God. all the God. things came out of her. That cool. isn't isn't that the sad thing about like in a zombie type movie where you realize there is a cure, but you've already killed like half a dozen people. Yeah. Like the fallout of that, like. That must be bleak, but no, but what? I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say the other thing about the teachers that I wanted to discuss is like how, like my dad would always say growing up, like there's, there's always a, it's always good to have a little fear of authority, Mm -hmm. which I get why he would say that, like to have respect and stuff. But like, there's something she goes after the teachers, right? Like she infects the teachers first and there's something so incredibly fucked up, especially in today's lens of like just trusting authority 100%. And like in this, it's like the extreme of them turning you into aliens. It's just kind of fucked up because none of the teachers are good people Mm -hmm. before they're aliens. So like that trust is already gone. I don't know. I just think it's fascinating because I feel like in a modern lens, if I were to remake this movie, I would go after the kids first. Why? Because I think kids today, I think for me, just knowing the way the world operates, like the cops, for instance, like Uh she infects the cops. I'd be like, fuck you. Like, you know what I mean? Like cops aren't the nicest people as like, I don't want to like, you know what I mean? Like I I would infect the kids first because I would trust my peer before I did trust an adult this day and age. True. Hmm. And you could cut off people on social media talking about how weird everybody's acting. (laughs) This is true. And you're not leaving like a young, vital, like army waiting and like picking up on what you're doing. Because that was the thing. Like, I feel like there were probably maybe a few more people other than the group that the film focuses on that like kind of were like, I'm not going to school tomorrow. Like some shit is going down. Yeah, like that blind allegiance to authority is like kind of bizarre. But, like, that's how I guess we're raised. I don't know. Like, it's just, well, I don't know. It's also, a statement. There's the moment when um, when the principal is like, you can come use my office phone. And the parents are just like, well, yeah, sure. I mean, that would be totally my, you know, my parents. Or I feel like a lot of it, And maybe that's just a through line. You're like, you know my parents. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, no, you are about to become aliens. You yeah. Know, and just, I know it's she like, shuts the door when you get into her office. And it's like, like movie logic. But like if my kid was sitting there going like, no, no, no. I'd be like, okay, maybe I need to talk to my child. Like there's obviously something affecting him to the point that whether you think your child is losing their mind or not, you think your child's losing their mind. Mm. So maybe like fuck the school principal for two minutes and like go and talk to your kid <laughs> and like listen to them and see them. I don't know. That scene's always been really powerful to me because his parents are kind of just like, fuck you, Elijah Wood. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, that's a very Wes Craven-y aspect too. The idea yeah. of like parents trying to do what's best for their kids, uh, but really fucking their shit up even yeah. worse. Yeah. Um, what do you think? You just get like an over, like, sorry, I didn't mean it. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I totally cut you off. Um, I, you get like an overwhelming like, sense that his parents are just like embarrassed of him. They're like, oh, yeah. I caused this issue. I can't believe we had to come out here and Queer. talk to your principal. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but it, you just feel bad for Elijah Wood <clears throat> when you have all the interactive scenes with his parents that are just so cold and distant. Yes. And don't give a shit about what he's going through, obviously. And it's, it's an interesting turn because at the beginning of that scene, they seem to believe him. At first, like, that's why they go mm-hmm. to the school to see, like, what the fuck was going on. Totally. But they managed to, like, flip within, like, 30 seconds of the principal just being like, oh, Casey missaw. He missaw a dead body. It was resuscitation <laughs> Annie. Like, you don't confuse Living. those two things. I want to drag Queen name resuscitation kid. Annie. And she just only does that look. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone out there who's doing that. I hope so. Experimental drag is the rage right now, and it's so interesting. Nay, what do you um, think? Because yes. I feel like you'd have something amazing to say or eloquent. No, I was just trying to think if my mom would believe me or not. Mm. Um, and I think she would. That's neither here nor there. I was just really trying to figure <laughs> no, it out, you know? Good, that's a good topic. Because um, I used to think, like, oh, my mom believes me over everybody. Like, I felt like I could, if I told my mom, like, no, actually, this kid didn't do that. They did this. Or the teacher actually was being really mean to me. My mom always believed me. So I think hmm. she would believe me hmm. in that situation. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, there's part of me that thinks my mom and dad wouldn't have. Fuck. Based on <laughs> who was telling them what. Yeah. You know what I mean? And chances are, as a kid, I could have been lying, too, because trying to get out of trouble. But I think if I was like, I found a dead body at school today, they'd probably be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah why would you lie about yeah, that, too? Like, know, what purpose that, yeah, could like, that and, and, like, up until that point, wasn't their kid their smart son that they were talking about with the books and stuff? You know what I mean? So, like, why, why do you suddenly not believe him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in a day, he changed that much to the point that you're like fuck off <laughs> you're grounded <laughs> but again it's like movie logic too yeah. before we move on from the faculty the going back to what you said about the rules there's one thing that always disturbed me was like when they open up the rat and the aliens already <laughs> taken over like its entirety of its insides mm-hmm. so then at the end when everybody like we are to believe that the aliens are dead we do see the little tiny ones um that come out of everybody came out of clea duvall's face comes right? out of her face and, and also um elijah woods but they're the most recently infected so what about everybody who's been infected for weeks do they look like the rat is there a giant dead alien in them that couldn't come out or do you have to like shit the alien out like how do you pass (laughs) the alien body that's been inside you how does it get out Uh, it's a good question you have to shit it out Do you hear everyone in town everyone in town grunting that night? I mean, what a rough morning after. That's the movie I want to see. Yeah, do you get a day off school? That's what I want. The faculty, too, is just like a kidney stones doctor, just overwhelmed. (laughs) It's about the hospital faculty hospital. I love the moment where the camera does that weird thing to Piper Laurie's face while the music goes dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is that? <laughs> I've always loved that. And then, he goes, and then the you hear like the trumpet go, <laughs> as the camera pulls back. I I don't. I just needed to bring that moment up. It's one of my favorite <gasps> moments of the movie. I don't get it. I don't get the choice uh-uh. whatsoever. No, but I fucking love it. I don't know if it's supposed to be like her mind warping him or what, but it's like, so great. The faculty is making choices. Yes. <laughs> like uh, the introductory scenes where you see everybody's name in like a splash page, like uh, freeze right. frame. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of things that don't, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> don't cohere with the rest of it, but it kind of coheres with itself because they don't, they individually mo- don't make sense, but together you're like, okay, I can follow you through this. Yeah. You know, the, the stuff at the water is cool. The what were you grossest say? part 
Okay. When the piece of that scalp hits Comes the, off the shower. Head. <gasps> yes. But when it hits the shower plop. floor, oh. that was fucking disgusting. Yeah, it's so great. That was amazing. Very effective. Uh, Very effective That sweet facts. moment, though, when he, like, cradles Yeah, he's generally And I was like, oh. But he's kind of like Ooh. a very sweet, sweet boy in yeah, the movie. Like the whole so time, sweet. he's really not an asshole. He actually like should have been the lead character over mm. Casey. I really pr- appreciate. I hear that his character. Yeah, yeah. Stan. Yeah, he's just a good guy. He really yeah. is. Oh, you know, he's a puppy dog. Yeah, he worked hard. For <laughs> he deserves. He does deserve well, it. Also, go ahead. Josh Hartnett on the football team. Can we just look? I don't watch smoking football. I don't know a fucking thing about sports. Yeah, him sitting there smoking a cigarette. I would never put him. How did he end up on the team? He never even expressed an interest. Am I or is it just no? And he is actively not dream. expressing He's an interest while playing football. It's a dream. That he is. did the masculine yeah. thing he's, he's supposed to do. Swapping. He just wants to be all of our. And he's like dating the teacher. Right. He's actually clearly okay. A lesbian surfer. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Patrick's so hot in the movie. But also, can we talk about all the the choices with the water? Like that scene where he's actually outside on the football field and the, the sprinklers are going is really creepy. Oh, yeah, legendary. Piper Laurie throws a fucking cup of water in her own face. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> but yes, I guess. But I'm also just like that's fucking creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Salma, this cast. Oh. Salma Hayek is like a big cat. It's everybody. That was the wine scenes. Not to defend problematic people again, but they were like so smart in the 90s. Salma Hayek did that movie because she wanted to do 54. So they said, okay, you can do 54. You're doing the faculty too. Wow, I and can't she, believe they would be so manipulative. Right? <laughs> really well, they would sign them to like two or three yeah. picture deals because that was back when studios still did two or three picture deals. Mm. Well, if but, Rodriguez had any say in it, I mean, she was in uh, just you're right. Yeah, she was you're a totally totally right. right. You're totally right. But that's why those mm, Dimension right? and Miramax films always were populated with the same people. Oh, that's mm. nice. Really good catalog they, of people. Like Nev Campbell from. got to do 54 if she did Scream 3. Mm-hmm. And, and, Which, uh, thank God she did. Right. Yes. Wes Craven right. got to do Music of the Heart because he, he directed Scream 3. Scream 3. Yeah. yeah. And we're all better for it. Right? Love, love <laughs> Scream 3. Just watched it like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I love Music of the Heart. You and Michael with the Scream phone like cases. Phone case. there, there is a part of Music of the Heart where Meryl Streep pushes a child into a wall, which I always think about. It's very special. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen the queer cut of 54 i highly recommend it oh like the real cut cut? yeah so the movie was like kind of taken it was uh head washed basically before Uh, they released it by the shithead wine and more recently there was a a reconstruction of what the the film was intended to be and it's super queer and it's fucking i remember reading like it was i can't remember if it was harvey or bob (laughs) essentially being like get that gay shit out of the movie and it's like do you realize you're doing a movie about steve rebel (laughs) yeah like do you realize what you're doing Mm. yeah (sighs) <sighs> well, one more semi-tough topic I wanted to bring up before we wrap up this conversation. Um, there is a part, I don't remember exactly who's saying it, but when they're like stop, kind of stopping trusting each other, it's the body snatchers, are you real situation. Someone's talking about Stokely and they're saying, how can we trust her? We don't know if she's gay or if she's straight, an alien, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I really hate the narrative of people who are in the closet being liars mm-hmm. because that... Yeah, it's not the same thing. Yeah, first of all, you don't necessarily know who or what you are at that point. You can't tell the truth because you don't know. Mm-hmm. And also telling the truth can get you into really dangerous situations. So that does not make <laughs> you a liar or a bad person. And yeah. Uh, also everybody fucking lies. Oh, true. Everybody's kids that age. Are yeah. you kidding me? They're all liars. 
Yeah. I'm like, oh, just me at that age? No, I don't know. I mean, like, lie. For yeah. sure. I'm like, everybody, sure. like, the lies that we put as, like, honorable or, or like, little white lies or, mm-hmm. like, lies that are damaging or lies that make one person distrust someone else. Yeah, I definitely hate that narrative of if thinking if someone is in the closet that they are incapable of being honest. Well, the yeah. the accusation is also, like, well, this is why I'm in the closet, fucker. Right. And shit like that. Right. Yeah. Well, and also Mary Beth is weaponizing homophobia, right? Because she knows Mm -hmm. that she's telling the truth. Mm -hmm. She knows she's not a liar. Right. I mean, maybe in terms of her identity, she's still got some things to work out. But Mary Beth knows that that's the reaction she's going to get. And that's how she's going to continue to pass. So, I mean, it makes sense that she would use the weakness of the people around but her. But isn't it, it's Delilah that is the one that says it, right? Oh, is it? No, yeah, I, I, I could in remember. the locker room. Okay, yes. um, yeah. Zeke comes out, she's naked, she's, oh, Beth, why are you naked? And then she goes on her little but rant about when they're yes, all yeah. fighting before they all do scat, oh, yeah, Delilah says something some, there, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think she said something along the lines of, and when did you start liking Dick or something? Because she's like, I see the way you look at Stan. Oh, yeah. 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 And I love her she's line like, to, the, to Casey, though. And Casey, when did you become Sigourney Weaver? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just love when nobody will shoot her and Clay DeVault grabs a gun. I'll fucking uh, yeah. shoot her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Leave it to the queer person to fucking do what's right. Goddamn right. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. Fight or flight, I'm blowing her head off. Let's get I out of this that. garage. I love when she fucking grabs that gun and the look so on her face good. when she yeah. shoots oh, it. Yeah. So fucking good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Also, just how about the part where Mary Beth's nostril closes over when she pretends to take the drugs? Oh, her <laughs> finger extends. <laughs> yeah. No one, no one noticed that. The giant tentacle pinky. But her yeah. performance in the scene when she's afraid to take the drug is really good. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's the only time, I think, in the movie where Mary Beth is being 100% real. She's fucking oh. terrified. Yeah. She does not want to take that drug. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good performance. What happened to her? I don't know that I've ever seen her in anything else. Yeah. She's I can't really good. Think she was in 15. Thing. Do you remember the show 15? She Ever. was Ryan Reynolds' girlfriend on that. No, definitely. Mm. Was that a Canadian production? Canadian <laughs> show about 15-year-olds. Yep. Awesome. Oh, <clears throat> fun. Um, let, so we've been talking about like you know the positive and the negative. Do we think this film deserves a pride float? Um, let's start with Michael. No. No. Unfortunately. Fair enough. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Sam. Okay. <laughs> I I want to say no, but if Michael Michael, this conversation has opened me up to a whole other way of thinking uh, of this my movie. Other theory so if, then yes, if it this does. theory works, and I and I want to watch it again. Let's ask Helen because it's true. If 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 that's what's <laughs> yeah, going on, then that. then if that is the case, fuck yeah, it deserves a pride float, and it's a bunch of people setting fire to purple cardigans. Yeah, that's it. Then uh-huh. <laughs> okay, but. If not, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. If the theory tracks, 100% gets a pride float. But no. <laughs> I, I support that. Nora, yeah. No, I, I like oh, I like the dichotomy of, you know, s- splitting our differences here. Uh, I, I think it probably doesn't deserve a float, but I think in certain ways – you could just have that teacher's head with the tentacles going down the street in like a really oh, big version, yeah. and that just would be a sliding fun across. Yeah. Like worth it for the <laughs> like float. Even that sound, yes. yes. that sound of <laughs> noise. <laughs> yeah, such bad CGI. Oh, but so bad. that's the beauty of looking at films. What we do on this show, not to toot our own horn, but looking uh, at stuff oh no, in its time it was made and in current present day, and how much we've evolved in yeah. twenty. Yeah, years. Yeah, if we remade yeah. that because movie. The 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 hero the of that movie is Mary Beth 
in today's mm-hmm. lens. Yep. Yeah. Mary Beth is the only one going, live your truth. Mm-hmm. Be happy uh, being who you are. She's the, the advocate. If you live your truth with me and with everyone else, everyone else gets to live their truth. too. It's like, it's almost like utopia. Well, That's what she's okay. offering. Them, yeah. Is Here, a utopian. Yeah. Like yeah. live, live free of fear and be happy. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what wigs me out about that though. Um, it's a cult. It sounds like a cult. Yeah, it's They're, like evangelical. She's mm-hmm. trying to tempt you with things that she knows that you want. I don't think she can deliver on that promise because she's going to turn all of your body parts into little yerk slugs. Um, and <laughs> uh, you're not going to be anyone. Reference. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just that... She never promises anyone anything specific. Like, you're going to be rich, you're going to be the best football player. She just promises well, essentially happiness. Yeah, well, you're going to feel better. She yeah. has all those individual conversations with... Or the aliens separately, like, in whatever guise that they're in, have individual conversations with all of the children. And it reminds me a lot of Billy Zane's character in Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, Ooh. where he approaches everyone and offers them a temptation of the one thing that they really want. And the thing that they want is their identity. And she's offering that to them, but I think she's just going to murder them. <laughs> she might just like suck up all the water and move on to a new planet. I kind of got sure. that feel as well. Yeah. I, don't, I, mean, I never got the feel that she was going to kill anybody. Well, there's a lot of ambiguity in the like motivation and operation of how this alien thing works. So like both of our theories are and aren't accurate because they Agreed. both yes. fit they within both the, can work and they both don't work within the confines yep. of what the movie presents to us. Yes. But that's just how I feel. Cause I do not trust her. Yeah. See, I trust her in the sense just from, she hasn't killed anybody now. What is turning everyone to aliens just to kill them right after? What is she getting out of that? I mean, I guess well, water. No, I, but- I, I, I don't think they're dying, but I don't think they're present. Like I do think, like there is yeah, because like you see the things of like everybody in the classroom is holding their hand up. Yeah, um, it's also like almost like socialism's good, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like in a lot of ways too. So she yeah, gets, I don't know. She I'm gets the saying- teacher's air conditioning, which they sorely need. I like I like to take uh, any authority figure with a grain of salt, including the a teenage alien, the scary teenage alien. Lady. <laughs> I just love that she keeps saying I'm Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and like the girl in the beginning that she runs into with the piercings Uh, and like in the time it's like, oh, she's weird looking. I'm like, she looks hot, first of all. uh But she's the only one that just like she genuinely compliments, you know, her flair. And it's just like, I believe those moments from her. Like, I believe her. Like, I think she's manipulative, but I believe her when she's talking. It seemed like a genuine comment. Yes. She was like, That's I love what it. I would say to a girl with a nose ring. Yeah. yeah. She's like, your eyes look amazing. <laughs> like your nose ring really brings out the color in your eyes. Yeah. And she met her. <laughs> yeah. And there's a reason with she her chose Jody a Foster southern accent. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Yes. Your eyes. Um, oh, don't even get me started on y'all. We need and your Mark accents. here for that. Oh, God. Does the best Jody Foster. Oh, my God. The best every accent. Ever. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do impressions. Me, too. Can we, I know we just, we're wrapping up. Uh-huh. Can, can we, are we bummed there was no franchise here? I think I like it as a standalone. I mean, I think it was intended to start a, kickstart a franchise. Really? I think so. It well, kind of was middling at the box office for the time. I think they expected it a lot more because like they did the uh-huh. Tommy Hilfiger campaign. They did like a big Christmas release. Yeah. Like I think yeah. they expected it to be bigger. It did okay. Yeah. Can I don't you, know why it wasn't bigger with all those people in it. Yeah, I actually remember going and seeing it and be disappointed being disappointed Monday morning when I read what it made over the weekend. Yeah. I like I expected it to open to like scream two numbers and yeah. it just kinda kinda opened. Yeah. 
Oh, that, that's an interesting conversation, though, because I don't know that I'd want a sequel, which is true of a lot of horror movies that end happily, because that would mean that these people have to be plunged into darkness terror again. and darkness again, and I don't want that to happen to them. Yeah. Um, same thing with there's a really good one-season TV show called Brain Dead, starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, that everybody needs to watch. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, but it's the same concept. It's like, you know... Invasion of the Body Snatchers, oh, cool. um, but set in Washington, D.C. Oh, um, okay. But it only had one season, and I love that show so much. I wanted a second season, but also that means we're going to have to do this all again. And that's just too much stress for me, I think. <laughs> I don't think the characters learned enough lessons for me to want more of them. Like, that girl was homophobic. She never stopped being homophobic. True. And Josh Hartnett never stopped being a contradiction. You know, I mean, it's like they all do their thing that's obnoxious and they never fix it. So, except they just wear different clothes and smoke cigarettes on the football field. And then end up in a het relationship at the end. Yeah, pass. Like Kate said. I love the movie. Don't get me wrong, but I don't need another one. I don't want to. coupled at the end? Who? Wait, who? Are they all coupled at the end? I think except Josh Hartnett. His his girlfriend is football. No, his girlfriend is the teacher. The teacher. Is that... Actually, she's yeah, watching him she's play and they're waving. waving. That is. Yeah. yeah, he's going to go she fuck does this, her like, after that. Yeah. Sexy I, mean, I guess he's 19, but... Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, Sean... Yeah, he stayed well, back. Technically, he's legal. Fair game. Yeah, they're all coupled because then Mary Beth is dead. <laughs> yeah. There, there are... There are... <laughs> There are contracts you have to sign when you become a teacher that you cannot. <laughs> yes, yes. Remember how many in this years your boyfriend totally has been a senior? Can't. Look, I know Miss Grundy <laughs> is beautiful, but that's, she's not fair game. <laughs> no, I actually, um, I was dating a guy who was a year older than me, so he was already graduated when I was still in high school, and he got a job as a tutor at the uh, district that I worked at. So technically, our relationship was illegal. Oh wow! Um, it wasn't even my school, but he had to like sign a contract saying like I will not date or be romantic with anyone in the district. Oh wow! Um, Scandal. Yeah, I mean, we broke up anyway for other reasons. But, um, <laughs> there's, there's at least now there's some pretty strict clauses in there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's found. What upon. a scandalous way to end this episode! Oh. I love it. Wow, <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got secrets. I've got skeletons in my closet. Um, where can we find everyone on the internet? I'm on Twitter at Michael Ken Ken. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Black Cupcake. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Sam Wyman, and you can catch my film The Quiet Room on Shutter now. I'm on Instagram at Badfish SFX. Love it. And do you, do you don't have a Twitter or you don't? I have one. I just, I'm not, I'm not active oh, on it. Fair enough. I'm on there though, but it's please, been like years. Yeah. Please follow that Instagram. It's wonderful. And that's how we met. So yeah, oh, cool. we're grateful for that. Um, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Wolf Pod. And you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brands. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for having me. This is so much fun. Yeah. Thank yes, you so much. Thank for you, coming. Nora. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.